Welcome back to season two of Thrills and Chills, the journey into what it takes to be the first product marketer at a company. Season one had some real hitters and season two will be no different. Along the way, we're gonna meet some amazing people, hear engaging stories of the highs and lows of establishing product marketing and the skills needed to succeed in this role. I'm your host, JD Prater, and yes, I'm recovering from a head cold, so please bear with my raspy voice, but before we meet today's guest, who's an Olympic gold medalist, I wanna give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Clue. Clue is the leading competitive enablement platform for product marketers that want to drive revenue for their business. It helps product marketers to easily collect, curate, and distribute insights that enable your revenue teams to beat their competition. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to Clue.com, that's K-L-U-E.com. And let's jump right into today's conversation with Alyssa Leiden, Director of Product Marketing at LogDNA. Alyssa, I welcome you to the show, but I really have to start with, I'm reading an ESPN article all about you. And the first line says, for a stretch in the summer of 2010, Alyssa Haber may have been the best softball hitter on the planet. And she was only 22 years old. Talk to me about getting into product marketing from being the best softball hitter on the planet. (laughs) That'll be a (laughs) heck of a connection. Yeah. We were talking earlier as you're a former baseball player. I'm a former softball player. Gosh, 2010 feels like a lifetime ago, especially after the year of 2020. It just feels like a whole other lifetime that I was an athlete competing on the world stage. But I think the year after 2011 is when I stopped playing softball and I decided to focus on kind of building a career for myself outside of sports. And I jumped around, I did education and then I got into tech and I jumped around in tech. And I think what I was really looking for was to kind of recreate that team sport feeling again, like working together for a common goal with people I really enjoy collaborating with. And so that's probably why I ended up in product marketing, honestly. I think it was that feeling of I get to like no two days are the same. Everything is super dynamic and always changing. It's fast paced. You have to feel comfortable, feeling uncomfortable and really embrace the unknown and work with a team and put trust in other people to help you achieve goals. So I would say that's probably the connection between softball and product marketing. (laughs) And also I'm insanely competitive. Everyone at LogDNA knows I'm like slowly becoming known as the most competitive person at the company. And I think product marketing is something that's for folks that really love to win um, and achieve (laughs) results. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I mean, not just like the best hitter. I mean, but you had like a really stellar performance, like resume. I kind of glossed over this one, but just so everyone out there knows, you were named Athlete of the Month from the United States Olympic Committee. And for those out there listening, I mean, she won it, Athlete of the Month. And guess who came in second? Serena Williams, after winning like her fourth Wimbledon championship. So that's the kind of athlete we're talking about, the caliber. And so I'm glad that your competitive drive is still there. I'm with you as a former athlete. I think it really does help. And you think about like strategy, you think about your team dynamics. I think you really nailed some of like the high points on there of what we bring to it. Like I was never as good as you, to be fair, but talk to me now you're wrapping up kind of your first 90 days. We get this question a lot around what does your first 90 days look like? You're establishing product marketing at LogDNA. You were at Sauce Labs for six and a half years. You come in, you're told, hey, you got to establish product marketing. What does it look like in your first quarter, 90 days? 
Right. I think a lot of it for me, the first 90 days has just been about just trying to focus in as much as possible on what really matters the most, like finding those focus areas really fast and not being afraid to dig in. I think for me going into a role coming from Sauce Labs, where there was a pretty defined product marketing function that obviously I was contributing to and helping to build even further but to really start from scratch where there'd been like pretty much a little to no product marketing at log DNA when I joined, I mean, you have to really think about what are the core things that we need to really start this and get it accelerated and going. So I think a lot of it was listening to everyone around me to hear like, what are the needs that they have, whether it's from the marketing perspective, from sales and sales enablement to product, starting to build those connections and hear like, okay, what's going on on your side of the house? How can I help? And then starting to stack rank, okay, here's some things we really need to do right off the bat. So I kind of put together this hierarchy in my head while still also being able to reach as far wide as possible and make those connections to ensure that everyone felt like they were coming along for the ride with product marketing so no one felt left out. So I think what I'm trying to say is it's like a balancing act, right? You're mm-hmm. you're trying to get those key wins super early that show the value of product marketing as you're first starting out. But then you're also trying to lay that groundwork for future success across a broad range of stakeholders when it comes to product marketing and letting them know like, hey, we're on this journey together and we're going to achieve all these results and the success. You're just going to have to kind of trust me like I'm going to put my trust in you and then we'll get it done. Yeah. Trust building is, it could be tricky. I mean, I do think there are certain things that can definitely accelerate that trust when you're talking to other internal stakeholders. Whenever you're thinking through some of your quick wins or things that you've done to help establish trust, would you be able to share some of those things with us? Yeah, I think in the case of my experience here in the first 90 days at LogDNA, I was lucky that there was a pretty quick product or feature launch coming up that I could immediately attach myself to. I mean, launching is like the core competency of a product marketer. We do so much, but really at its core, it's about bringing products and features to market in a meaningful way. And so luckily we had one on deck and ready to go. And so what I really got to do was to really show what the function could look like and how everyone could benefit. And so I put together like a launch cadence for this feature. And in product marketing world, that's like, again, it feels like basic stuff for us, but it's kind of like using a sports analogy. It's kind of like learning how to build that muscle. Like you're hitting the weight room and you want to show everyone else how to do the lift. You know what I mean? And how we bring everyone involved, like whether it's the product manager or the different marketing folks that are involved or sales enablement or documentation and just bringing everyone together and showing like, okay, I'm going to show you how to lift the weight together. And then let's just experience the greatness that is doing a fully integrated launch campaign and how that benefits the business as a whole. And so I'm definitely the type of person where I learn by doing, and I really can build trust by actually showing like my actions speak louder than my words. And so being able to actually go do it was super helpful early on to get that quick win. Like, okay, so this is what product marketing is, you know? That's so nice too. I mean, being able to come in first 90 days, take something to market and just highlight, show, like I'm with you, show, not tell type of uh, demonstration. I like how you mentioned that because I do think that's incredibly important is that visibility aspect of Mm -hmm. building those go-to-market practices. Like here are the tactics, here are the things we need to do. Here's what we need to execute. Here's where I need your help. You know, this is where I need to listen to you. This is where I need your feedback. What do you think about this? You know, and you're just kind of this listening and you're sharing. And especially in the first 90 days, you're also just trying to meet new team members, right? right. <laughs> you're like, hey, right. hi. And all, and all remote, you know, like we don't have yeah. an office where I can just go bug people at their desks. It's like, we're all meeting in these, you know, Zoom boxes and sure. trying to like get to know each other and build rapport and build that trust. 
Yeah. And the, another thing too, the, with this whole process is as you're building it out, I think this happens to me a lot sometimes where you start to get paralysis by analysis because launches are so cross-functional and they're so in-depth sometimes that you start to think of all the potential ways that things could go and you overanalyze and then you get forced into inaction, like sure. essentially. And so I think just being, not being afraid to just go for it and say, Hey, we're going to do this. And guess what? We're probably going to mess something up. Like it's going to happen, right? Like yeah, 300 batting perfect. average is a great average. You know, and you're only hitting <laughs> the ball three out of 10 times. Like you're going to fail seven out of 10. So like just being comfortable with like, we're, we're building the muscle. Like we're going to yeah. do this launch. We're going to learn. And then we're just going to get better every time we do this. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, and I think that's really what it is. Like that first one is always the roughest, right? I mean, it's never smooth. And you just, you do it the second time, the third time, the fourth time. And it definitely, you get your process process down. You get how people want to see information, how you want to interact. When should you loop people in? Those are all the things you just kind of learn. So kudos to you on getting that. That's such a good win, especially on the product marketing side, because there's a ton of value in delivering that feature to market and being able to report back and say, look at this, look what we did. And those wins and values establishing. So sounds like it's been a fairly pretty good 90 days for you. No, it's been really great. I've learned so much, not just about the company and the team, but really just about product marketing in general. It's one thing to come from a place where, again, the product marketing function was pretty well-defined and then coming to a place where there was nothing and you're just like, okay, now just go do it. I found myself in the beginning asking questions like, hey, what's the process for this thing? I'm like, oh, we've never done that. Never so, done it, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you can build that process. And so it can be scary at first glance, but it's actually really invigorating to be like, okay, well, I, I get to build this. This is exciting. It's almost like I'm testing what I've learned from my previous career experience, which is really exciting. Yeah, and I want to dive into that. So whenever you're thinking about it, Sauce Labs, you have mentioned it, it's well-defined. I mean, you were director of product marketing there. You've worked your way up in the org. You've really established yourself. And now you're like, oh, here I am. I'm the first product marketer now at LogDNA. Talk to me about that transition and talk to me about what was going on as you were thinking through that process. Yeah, I think with Sauce Labs, an amazing company where I really got to, as you mentioned, like really grow my career. So I actually started in the sales organization at Sauce Labs and then moved over to marketing. And with some great mentorship, was really able to move through, like I was an events manager and then I got interested in product marketing. And literally it was because when I was an events manager, we sometimes wouldn't have a product person to demo at the booth. And so I just learned how to demo and learned how to talk about the product. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is really fun. Like, I like this part of the job. And my mentor was like, you should probably do product marketing then. I bet you'd really like it. And so I just kind of fell into it and kind of developed my skills from there. But I was super lucky to have that base team to really go integrate into and kind of learn the ropes from some veterans of product marketing. But I was always kind of in the back of my mind. I was like, oh, I'm Alyssa, the person who set up the booth at conferences who just happened to turn into a product marketer. And so when I moved to Log DNA, I really felt like this shift within myself that was like, okay, like this is a big gap or a big chasm that I get to cross or I get to define myself as a product marketer first, right? not Alyssa, the person who worked her way to product marketing at Sauce Lab. So for me, it was super important to get my point of view on product marketing, like at least have one and start mm -hmm. developing it and have people challenge it as I continue to develop, like what's my thesis on what product marketing is? Like as I'm building out this function, what's our charter? Like what's our reason for being? And trying to just evangelize that throughout the organization and then be open to being flexible with others to help understand how that role will grow and change as I continue on through log, my career at LogDNA. So 
outside of getting my hands dirty and doing the actual work, it's super important for me is like taking that step back and understanding like, what is the purpose of this role? Why am I here? What am I supposed to accomplish? How will I measure my success? And understanding that the earlier I think is better. Yeah. I want to pick apart two things. I love the charter. I think it's a great thing. I've never really had one until AWS. AWS, we have this massive wiki that, you know, every team has a wiki page and we have to define our purpose and our tenets. And our tenets are like, what are our five things or six things that we, you know, this is like the hills that we're going to die on type things, right? But it might be crisp and clear messaging might be a, a tenant, right? And I really thought the exercise was a ton of fun. Uh, as I'm kind of building out that product marketing on this side. I know it's a huge company, but it, I found that challenging, but I also really found it rewarding. Whenever you're thinking through LogDNA, have you written your charter or is it still kind of in the process or is that something you're, you're going to carry over? I do. I have a charter that is kind of, I haven't shared the whole thing with LogDNA yet because it's kind of like, it's a lot. It's like a 15 page doc <laughs> oh, and wow. I don't want to like scare everyone. Like I'm that person who analyzes it from every angle, but it was actually an exercise. I completely agree. It's an exercise I went through when I was at Sauce, actually, when I was promoted to director of product marketing, another leader in the organization who I really looked up to gave me that advice really early and said, mm. okay, now that you're leading a team, I think the first thing you should do is put together a charter. And he had his own charter that I kind of looked at and looked at the format. I was like, this is actually a really good idea. And I thought it would take me years to develop a charter. I did it in like a couple of days because I really got into it. Like I really dug my heels there. And it's good to take that step back and think more, I guess, thematically or more like on a larger scale. What are, like you said, what are the things that were, what are the hills that we're willing to die on? What are the, the negotiables of our mm. function? And what are the non-negotiables? I like that. Like what are the things that we absolutely need to have our hands in and what can we give up or kind of plague off of other teams with? Because, and I think it's because it's just such a cross-functional role that you need to have an idea going in and then kind of negotiate from there on what it's actually going to look like in practice. Yeah, I love it. The second piece I wanted to just quickly close this one was you, you started off as like an SDR. You came into events like mm -hmm. this is great. We have so many people that have reached out and said, hey, how do I get into product marketing? I'm over here in sales. I'm over here in CS, maybe on a different marketing team. Do you have any just maybe like one or two bits of advice that you would give other team members that want to come into product marketing? Yeah. First of all, I think you can come to product marketing from so many different avenues. As you mentioned, I came actually from sales and like marketing events, which I think has actually really helped me in my role even today, especially the sales piece, because having a really healthy dose of empathy for a sales or really makes you a better product marketer <laughs> because you understand what it's like to be on the front lines in the trenches. Like we here at PMM, we get to sit in our ivory tower and come up with all this wonderful messaging and all these amazing pitch decks and like, okay, now go forth and sell it sales team. And they actually have to use it and get that feedback from the prospect that their slides look terrible and the message makes no sense. They have to <laughs> kind of go to war with your content. I'm saying that like understanding the sales process is super key to being a great product marketer, I would say at least an empathetic one. And so, you know, no matter where you're coming from, as I think what funneled me eventually into product marketing was just that understanding of the value of our product and really understanding the customer, which is where events comes in. Cause I got to actually go out into the world and meet customers and prospective customers and hear their stories. And it was like a drug for me, just hearing it over and over again was like, wow, everything's starting to click. I get it. 
this is how we should be marketing. This is how we should be messaging. This is how we should position competitively because you let the customer voice really shine through, which is really at the end of the day, what we are as product marketers is we're the voice of the customer and we're the voice of the market. So that would be my advice. If that's really interesting to you, then find your way into product marketing as fast as you can. Oh, I love that. That's such great advice. If you're out there listening, please double down on that. It's really valuable. Understand the customer, understand the product, because if you can do those things and highlight those skills, it's very transferable. So mm-hmm. I want to ask a question here now too. You're director of product marketing at Sauce Labs, and now you're establishing the function at LogDNA. How did you know that you were ready for that? <laughs> Yeah. I'm not sure if I ever knew that I was, there was like a, an aha moment. Like, yes, now is the time. Like I am ready to take that next step. And I think this speaks to maybe something that's outside of the function and really, but it is still super important is the power of your network and the power of surrounding yourself with people who believe in you. So I was actually not looking for a role. I was kind of like, ah, well, I know I'm going to be ready to make a move soon, but I don't know if now's the time. And then some folks who I knew from Sauce Labs who had gone over to Log DNA actually were the ones who reached out to me and said, hey, we have this director of product marketing role. I think you'd be a great fit. And I hadn't even thought about ever being, a, not ever, but I hadn't thought about being a first product marketing hire, at least not in the near future. And I started talking to some folks in my network who are at Log DNA and they're like, no, you'd be really great at this. You should really think about it. <laughs> and they kind of pushed me into it in a ways, but in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Because the more I got to talk about what that role looked like with our VP of marketing, who's now my boss, the more excited I became with the prospect of it. You know, it was like scary and new and unknown, but I realized going back to softball we were talking about in the beginning, like that's the kind of stuff I thrive off of. So I kind of fell into it in a lot of ways, but again, it was just the power of people that in my network who believed in me and then just really being open to this idea and understanding like this actually fits my strengths and I think I wouldn't be bad at it, so... Nice. I like that. And your boss, Dave, he's done some AMAs like on Sharebird before, which is also like really cool that he understands product marketing. I I believe he came from a product marketing background, right? That's exactly right. And that was actually another big thing during the process that I realized was super important to me is that I'm a pretty social person. And especially at work, I learn best from other people. Like reading, like obviously there's like so many great resources on product marketing. You can read online and so many great communities like the Sharebird community, but I really learn best from people who can offer me advice. And so seeing that Dave came from that product marketing background was awesome because, you know, this role, again, it's so all inclusive and it can be so overwhelming. Even if I'm the only product marketer in name, it's always nice to have that confidant or that person who understands the role that you can just even vent to when you're like, oh my gosh, there's like so much going on. I feel like I'm going crazy. So to be able to learn from him and see how he's leveraged his role into a VP of marketing role, which is kind of the path that I hope to be on as well. It's like a benefit even on top of just the job itself. Yeah. I mean, it definitely highlights and it's so nice to be able to like, see that that's possible that you see people coming out of director of PMM. Now they're being able to go into VP of product marketing or VP of marketing, even to that broad. And what I've said before too, is like, I think product marketing is the new path to CMO. I just think we understand business better than other functions. And I'm definitely biased here. Maybe like the growth marketing demand gen team can come in, but I just don't think it's going to come out of the brand marketing side of things. Maybe that's an easier way of saying it. I just think product marketers are the future for CMOs. And I just think there is a path 
to that. Yeah, I think that's a totally valid argument. I, I would agree, especially because we get to see so many different areas of the business because of the deep cross-functional nature of the role that we are afforded the opportunity to get that look into other sides of the business. Like I've learned so much from my product counterparts just about like how things are built, you know what I mean? And what that process looks like and how you negotiate with engineering for resources, putting together a roadmap and things like that and putting together a strategic vision for the product. Like I know outside of the marketing leadership function, like not everyone on the marketing team gets that insight. Right. Yeah. And then, so just really being able to see the forest for the trees as a function of the role. And then just having that knowledge of how a go-to-market function works from start to finish, I think gives product marketers a distinct advantage when it comes to that leadership growth or that leadership track. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to ask a question here around 2021 coming out of your first 90 days. What's your forward looking, you know, like, what are you thinking about for the next maybe three months, six months? I think a year is probably too far out, but if you want to go that far, go for uh. it. Gosh, a year. <laughs> it feels like ages away from now, but it'll be here before you know it. Um, I know. So I think for me coming out of the first 90 days, it's about taking the processes that we're starting to build. So I mentioned launches. We've also started building a competitive intelligence program, starting to take those kind of foundational programs or functions, and then starting to just, again, get more reps in, like build the muscle and get everyone really comfortable with seeing those on a regular basis. Like training is another example. Sure. Like the sales team should expect to see me X times amount per quarter to do some sort of training. So really just kind of building that muscle. And then while at the same time, finding other areas where product marketing can help influence growth, whether that's building out a more dedicated persona research program, whether that's doing stuff like win-loss analysis, which is something that's really near and dear to my heart, or whether that's doing a cab, our customer advisory board, these sorts of things we haven't been able to really dig into yet, but I know are super needed are kind of the more long-term, like let's stand more up. And then as this continues to grow, like I can't do it all myself. So starting to scale a team and trying nice. to build the process, build the foundation so we can bring in more folks to help kind of scale that effort. Yeah, nice. Well, if you're out there listening, you should definitely go check out Alyssa on LinkedIn. Make sure you're following her. So that way, when she puts up that post, you can go yeah. in and start applying. So <laughs> yes. definitely going to be a fun team. And I ran into Dave when he was at Cloudflare. But anyway, I can tell yeah. you it's a solid marketing team and you're going to want to be a part of it. So transition now, name of the show, Thrills and Chills. And we're going to focus on product marketing. I mean, I'm sure not winning Athlete of the Month for July 2010. Right. <laughs> but I, I want to talk about thrills and chills. What are some of the highs and lows of your product marketing career? Yeah, well, I'll go with the highs first. Definitely, I'll always remember my first major product launch. It was super fun. It was at Sauce Labs, obviously. And we launched a net new product to market. It was like everything, we threw everything at it, the entire kitchen sink. <laughs> like we got to do everything. We even got to go on like a speaking tour. Oh, like man. where we got to speak at a couple of different industry conferences. One of them was in Japan, which is a place that I used to live in Japan. It's a place that's very near and dear to my heart. So I got to go back and speak at a conference. I spoke at our user conference. The PM and I were just like totally in sync and just had a really great working relationship. And so it was just really, it felt super easy, yeah. which is funny because then I remember I had a couple launches after that, that were super sticky and like we didn't do as well. And because my first, and I was like, oh my gosh, my first product launch was so amazing. Are they all this great? It's like, oh no, some of them, you know, you learn a lot. I love that. 
I would say that was a big win. And then also, I think another high for me was I mentioned win-loss analysis, which is something that I'm really passionate about because it was something I learned when I took a pragmatic marketing class. I don't think it's called pragmatic marketing anymore. I think it's something else, but- I know uh, you're talking they, about, yeah. Pragmatic, yeah. like institute, pragmatic marketing. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, so I took their day-long course when I was getting, when I was really early on in my product marketing career, just kind of learn the basics. And they really advocate for win-loss analysis. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, why don't we do this? at Sauce Labs. And so yeah. I got my experience of really pitching like a net new idea at a company from start to finish, like doing a proof of concept. I stood up my own win-loss analysis program. We got like funding from the executive team. So it was a cool experience to build that out and see how impactful it was. So I guess just kind of seeing something from start to finish was probably the first indication that I would have really thrived at a job like this, where I get to build something from nothing. That was probably the first indicator. That one's so cool. I love when you're in like lockstep with the, with the PM. I remember back at Cora, like Franklin here, if you're out there listening, it was so much fun working with them. They, you know, they were two of our PMs and we just got into a groove, right? And you just, you're in meetings, you're like reading each other's thoughts. You're like, I'll tackle this, I'll tackle it. It becomes that team bonding exercise. And it's just so much fun. I would say definitely a high there. And speaking at conferences, like in Japan, wow, like, man, I never got to do that. So that's pretty cool. Super fun. Yeah. And sorry, I'll shout out my PM on the launch that we did together. Sam, she lives in Berlin now. I miss her a lot. I hope she's doing well. <laughs> if you're listening. Yeah. Hi, yeah. mom. Yeah. So <laughs> let's do some of those chills. What are some of those things when you think back on your career? Yeah, I think it's hard to really pinpoint like one moment. It's more like a feeling where you feel like there's, I'm in a lull right now. And it always stems from that it feels like that inevitable moment. This is, I feel like this kind of just comes, it's part of the territory when you do get that burnout and that sense of feeling super overwhelmed. And I kind of mentioned this earlier where it's like, there's just a lot on your plate. There are lots of different directions you could take things. And you're just kind of like at that paralysis by analysis phase. And there's so many teams and so many people that rely on you sometimes to be that go-to person for everything and everyone that you can start to like almost fold in on yourself and be like, this is just too much. Like I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Oh. I don't know if you've ever felt that in your experience too. Oh, never. I've never felt <laughs> burned out. Yeah. It's so tricky, right? You get to this point where you are this glue, right? You're helping out with so many different teams. They're coming to you. You've earned that trust, but you end up, it's like a shift to being more reactive. And the fun part about PMM is being the proactive, right? It's putting out that strategy. It's, you know, it's aligning teams, but whenever you're, you can't do that, because you're having to be reactive, you get frustrated. And then that frustration just builds and it grows. And it just leads to like burnout because you end up spending 75% of your time just trying to put out fires and you can't think. You can't stand up a win-loss program if you're over here doing this and that, even though you want to. And I've been there. What advice would you say to those that might be feeling that? You know, How did you get out of that? Yeah. I loved your point about feeling reactive rather than proactive. I think that's like a common character trait for product marketers is that we <laughs> like to be out on the front foot rather than on the back foot. Like we're the one with the plan. Like, don't that's worry, right. I've got a plan. Yeah. And so when you don't have that, you start to feel the pressure. And I guess the advice to your question is that more often than not, that pressure is self-imposed. 
I think because myself and other product marketers that I know, like we hold ourselves to such a high standard. We think that like, if we're not that, if we're not ultimately prepared for everything, then we must be not doing well in our jobs. But the fact of the matter is, is that especially in a startup environment, which I love working in the start of a small startup environment, like everyone is on the back foot. Everyone is super <laughs> reactive. Everyone's running around, like just trying to get as much done as possible. And so giving yourself a little grace is the first step. I think in just saying like, listen, you're not going to solve all the problems today. You're not going to solve them all tomorrow either. You just have to continue to control what you can control and give yourself the opportunity. Like, you know, don't work yourself till 10, 11 o'clock at night, trying to put together launch plans or put together an enablement deck. Like yeah. take the time to stop and reflect and like recharge. And actually Dave, my boss, he has a great saying for this that I always kind of channel now. It's like some fires, you just have to be comfortable letting them burn for a little bit longer. There are fires you're going to put out now and some are just now to continue to stay burning for a little bit longer until you have the time to get around to it. And that's okay. Oh, that's um, such a good one. I yeah. like that one. I always think about this, like, it's kind of like thriving in chaos, but it's also being comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think that's the piece of it, of like that, there's a fire over here. Does anyone else see this fire? Like, is no one else going to put this out? Is it, oh, you want me to go put it out? Really? Like, yeah. I, I, you know, it's like the, maybe it's like the firefighters in California in the fall, right? I mean, it's like totally. wildfire season, you know? And so totally. I, I love that. I think that's really good. The one thing I would just add in my own, I think you're spot on with self-inflicted stress. And it's because you are, you're a high-performing individual. You're very performance-driven. You're very competitive. And these are all good traits. Just don't let the negative part of those come out. And I think that's where having a, a really good manager to help maybe reprioritize or come up with just very wise sayings about letting fires burn, right? Right. That's yeah. That's key. That's key. I completely agree. Yeah. And I love the comfortable feeling uncomfortable. That brings it right back to softball. Like that's, that's right. a total softballism. Like in order to get better, you have to feel comfortable with the uncomfortable. That's how we grow. So yeah. we don't, no one, no one ever grew anything from being, grew from being successful all the time. No, not at all. So Alyssa, thanks so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. I wish you all the best at Log DNA. Yeah, you're wrapping up those first 90 days. We'll probably have to reconnect after a year and see what's changed uh, and maybe follow your journey along. It'd be a really fun story to follow. Yeah, thanks for having me, JD. It was a great discussion. I had a lot of fun. And yes, I'll let you know how it's going. All right. Thanks, everyone. That wraps up today's episode of Thrills and Chills. And again, thank you, Clue, uh, for being a sponsor of this show, because with Clue, you can build and deliver battle cards to help sales close more deals. Stay on top of your competitor strategies and measure your competitive program's impact to the bottom line. Don't just compete, compete to win with Clue. And a special thanks again to ShareBird for making this podcast possible. We'll see you all next Thursday.